Welcome to The Blend. Good evening, good people. As always, I hope today has settled for you and that good rest awaits you. Our goal, again, is to, uh, to provide insight that will help you to elevate you know, your today and perhaps prepare you and help you in your tomorrow. So we're coming towards the end of uh, the end of July. It has gone by pretty quick, pretty quick. So as many of you know, as we approach August, um, for some, you know, this month introduces many to a phase of planning and preparation, uh, whether that is a big push to end a fiscal third quarter well, uh, get the household ready for new academic year, or even, you know, make that final push, that final, uh, that final countdown to your last vacation, trying to make that count. We get it. We get it. Um, you know, this episode is really, that's what it's about, you know, making it count. The title of this episode is Produce or Consume. Uh, you know, and, and we're going to be talking about that as it relates to your time, your talent, uh, and your energy. You know, of course, we will look at a blend of varied scenarios and, and, and shared experiences that may help sort out um, the stuff uh, that we call that we call capital. So let's get it. Capital. Both in the form of money or other assets owned by a person or organization. Or contributed for a particular purpose. Such as starting a company or investing. Capital. So based on that definition, mm-hmm. when you hear the words produce or consume, from an intellectual capital standpoint, mm. and uh, you know what intellectual capital is? Sure. Okay. <laughs> so based on intellectual capital, um, which it can be considered, you know, the value that relates to relationships, um, the value of business as it relates to the people, what they know, everything that's left, um, with that particular person, if it's knowledge based or something that they um, are privy to based on what they are contributing in their own knowledge. So intellectual capital based on the definition that uh, the wonderful millennials provided us, mm-hmm. which is a pretty accurate definition of what capital is. When you hear the terms produce or consume, what 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 brings to mind? Uh, for you, man, a lot. Uh, first of all, let me say intellectual capital is priceless. It's like the uh, Visa commercial, Mastercard commercial, right? You got the watch was five hundred, this and this was two fifty, the ride there was fifty bucks, and the lift. But intellectual capital is priceless. Mm-hmm. It's something that you really, at times, cannot put a value on. So, as far as consuming, and what was that one? Produce. Producing. Producing and consuming. Woo. That's deep. So when it comes to intellectual capital, of course, producing intellectual capital is basically the things that you take in to make you a better all-around person. Right? Okay. Whether it's the little articles you read, listening to TED Talks, studying, um, 
you know, having conversations with friends, loved ones. These are things that if they're done properly should make you a better person. Consuming intellectual capital, or let's just say the consumption on the end of intellectual capital. To me, that's what you pour into others. A good friend told me, he said, it's one thing to be great. He said, as a business owner, a salesman, whatever. He said, but to be able to produce another person that can do things exactly the way you would do it is the mark of true greatness. Mm. And I just chopped that all up. But my boy Chris said that. Uh, he's doing well, by the way. Very, very well. I'm proud of him. But that messed me up for like a whole week because I had to sit there and think <laughs> about how difficult it is to pour into someone else greatness. Nice. So, yeah, to me, the consumption of the intellectual capital is what you pour into other people. The production mm-hmm. is what you pour into yourself or what you take in. Excuse me. Okay. That's one one uh, one way to look at it. That's, that's pretty dope. I like that. Thank, thank you. <laughs> so one of the ways I see it, you know, the result of what we produce is usually tied to an outcome involving some type of capital. You know, if someone else is going to need or uh, basically want what we produce, it can actually create capital on both sides or for both sides. Uh, the, the fact that one is actually producing might do so with an actual intention that they will have a consumer. So when you talk about produce versus consume, or in, in layman's terms, are we going to continue, no matter what our intellectual capital levels might be, no matter what knowledge we might have, are we going to continue to let our consumption outpace our production or what we produce so we can create that that independence that we talked about a couple of weeks ago, that true independence? That's what I think about when I think about the term intellectual capital as it relates to produce or consume. What are your thoughts on that? I think uh, in a capitalistic society, it's set up on slavery. In one way or another. Dang, you just... Yeah, I just jumped out there. You I'm just sorry. pulled it on out. That's all right. It's just the blend. Right on. We we talk about it all. So Go let, ahead. So let me break that part down so I don't offend anybody who okay. might be listening. When I say it's based on slavery, it's based on someone having the means, okay. someone having the resources, mm-hmm. but needing someone to do the labor and the work. Okay. So in that kind of society, when you say, do we, when are we going to get to a point to where we actually produce more than we consume, a capitalistic society, unfortunately, is not set up for most to actually produce more than they consume. It's mm-hmm. set up for people to consume more than they produce, so you'll keep coming back. Okay. I understand that. I mean, to to the extent of what we do every day, right? Correct. Just about everything that we do involves exerting the very thing that makes us unique. Mm-hmm. We it, it, And since you brought, brought it up, you know, let's take slavery, uh, for example. I think about our visit uh, in, in just recent weeks to the Nelson uh, art gallery. Shout out Casey Moe to one of the best art galleries there is in the Midwest. Uh, I would venture to say a little bit of bias, but uh, in, in, in the region. But we saw a piece of art there um, and, and the image 
that it had was um, there was, you know, this this basketball and the photo of the basketball had a chain tied to it next right. to a, an ankle cuff that happened to be attached to the ankle of uh, obviously uh, African-American man, black man uh, wearing a tennis shoe mm-hmm. of a certain brand. Right. So if we take it back to that, to the extent of what we do every day, every everything that involves exerting what makes us unique in our own ways that actually allows us to motivate others, motivate ourselves, that same energy is what we pour into the results of the knowledge we actually gain. So you talk about that knowledge you gain. Maybe we gain knowledge in certain areas that put us in a position to consume, (laughs) if I can be real more than we actually produced for, but, from the standpoint of, you know, the, the greater, the I guess not even the greater good, but the bigger picture. But is it superficial? I don't know. Uh, think about how many people do things every day that they don't really like to do. Uh, yeah. And then, now I'm, not, I'm not talking about work or anything right. like that. I'm talking about the real just superficial stuff just to blend in. Right. Uh, think about the people who on a daily basis don't do the things that they like to do mm-hmm. because of what others might think. Mm. I'm a grown man who plays video games and I could give a rat's ass what anybody thinks about it, but that's me. That's yeah. what makes me comfortable. That's what makes me happy. And and I have the intellectual capital to know that uh, it's a stress reliever. It is. It's, it's, it's uh, as hard as you work. Um, you know, I I don't have a problem with it. Well, that's because I choose you over the video games. Every oh, time. okay. I don't know. Throw that out I'm there. Saying, unless it's a real good video game and it and it, the storyline is really good, like I the game you just you. finished playing. I know you choose me, but I like watching those because if they got a real good storyline, it's fun to watch how you think about the decisions you make that that makes the game turn a certain way. Anyway, for sure, we bearing sure. off. But I got you. I got you. So, but. So with that, when people are doing things outside, and, and again, it, it comes down to, yes, you, you get the money, you're able to do things. But on the flip side of it, if you're truly happy, mm-hmm. none of this other superficial crap matters. I, I feel that people spend money on what they want to spend money on. Mm-hmm. And then on the superficial level, people spend money on things to be accepted. Mm. So let's take that. You, you keep saying money mm-hmm. again. What if we take that same uh, that same statement mm-hmm. and and if we truly valued intellect the same way we value the monetary capital, mm-hmm. would that statement change? Not at all, because people spend time and mm-hmm. energy on the things that they want to spend time and energy on. They should, and to those that don't, they wish they did. Mm. I mean, okay. think about, I mean, there are so many things that want your time every day, right? Every day. I mean, seriously, every day, whether it's an organization, yep. uh, a church, or some kind of religious sect or whatever. I mean, all these different things they want. You can't just show up for that hour and leave. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to be a part of a committee. Everybody <laughs> wants you to do this. Everybody wants you to come to a meeting. Everybody wants to have lunch with you so they can talk about the latest and greatest idea. You have all these different things that are pulling time away from you. And until people decide, you know what? My time is my time. And no offense to you or anybody else, but I'm going to spend my time how and where I want to spend it. 
I view time like I view money. I spend my money how and where I want to spend it. Mm. Makes sense. Makes sense. You know, one of the things that I observed early on in my career or or journey is that I didn't truly understand uh, the value of actually taking inventory of the intellectual capital I gained. You know, I basically... Uh, not only that I gained, but that I earned and, and that I contributed to. I found that while I was focused on, uh, in large part, you know how we were when we were, you know, kind of starting new parents and um, we moved out to this particular area, all due to a job opportunity, we were, we were really um, focused in large part on the value of what we were earning as it related to what we needed, roof over our heads, food on the table, car. And then of course, you know, there's all kinds of things that play into that as you mature, like your faith that those provisions will be given to you never went away. But I would be not honest if I said that was not a large part of our focus. You know, what what what's the monetary of this looks like? It wasn't until I became a parent, until I became a mom. Honestly, when I became a wife, because I said, oh man, I gotta be a boss at this wife thing. Because when you met me, I was about my business. So as a wife, it just made me really want to step my game up. Who? <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm being honest. You are. You are. I'm being honest. Like you talk about boss levels, it was it was a whole different ball game when that ring went on that finger, but it really elevated when I became a mom because I really started focusing on not only the value of what I knew in relation to that, I was laser. I was and am every single day laser focused on actually building a legacy. For our girls from the standpoint of what they see their mother do what whose lives she's touched and I don't do it just for that particular gratification but I want them to see the breadcrumbs and, and build on that however I can do that whether that's through my writing the work I do my teaching this podcast any any of that so I look at intellectual capital from that standpoint like nobody can ever take that away from them living your best nobody. life nobody Living my best life, yeah. Well, like with with no with no false pretenses. Yeah, I mean, if you want to talk about just a regular everyday definition, you're living your best life. Yeah, and that's why, why that's my focus. That's that's my focus. Yeah, and and basically, you know, I um, you know, other than along with building that legacy for the long term, uh, those contributions, I I started holding those to the esteem that I was being positioned for. If that makes any sense, like 10 years ago, 15 years ago, you would have never told me I was going to be today where I am today back then. And I think not. everybody uh, that's that's seen a little bit that's been through a process it can can probably have that same story echoed. But it just listen that that feels different. It makes you handle people differently. It makes you handle yourself differently. It makes you check yourself almost on a daily, hourly, if I can be honest, because you don't want to mess up that momentum and you want to make sure the energy you have is is being spent on things that actually matter. But that's where, excuse me for cutting you off. No, you're good. You're good. That's where, again, living your best life comes in. I'll Mm -hmm. give you another hip-hop quote because I know I love my hip-hop. Mm-hmm. I'm living proof that God has a plan if I don't intervene. Who is that? Big Crit. Yeah, man. Shout but, out to Big Crit. Shout out to Crit. Shout out to Big Crit. That Creed. line right there has always stuck with me. Because mm-hmm. that line says, Peter, do your best. Yeah. 
That's yeah. it. I mean, of course you plan, of course you plot, and of course you have things that you want to happen in your life. Mm-hmm. But if those things don't happen, keep pushing. Right. Because I'm living proof that God has a plan if I don't intervene. Exactly. And sometimes not intervening is not comfortable. A lot of times it's not comfortable. No, because But when you can't intervene, there's also nothing you can do about Absolutely it. Absolutely nothing. Delays. Delays. You got to learn how to manage them things. I'm telling you, boys, listen, it, that's a real thing. You know, the other thing, too, is um, a couple of things I observed when I was coming out of that period of redirecting my focus uh, on on the intellectual capital versus the monetary stuff uh, and really thinking about self-gratification for the long term. Uh, a couple of things I observed that also helped me were those experiences that either prepared me for something better mm-hmm. or protected me from something worse. Mm-hmm. And that always sticks with me no matter what I am dealing with. That actually, in all honesty, that helps me say, Akila, is that a want or a need? Are you going to be a producer or a consumer in this situation? And that's where you know, the crux of the whole, you know, how are you valuing your time and all those things you kind of mentioned earlier. That's for me, that's where it came from. And then not only that, I had good people around me at the end of the day, I had some bad, but that's where discernment kicked in. I had good people around me, good mentors who sold into me, gave me a little bit of their own intellectual capital Mm -hmm. so I can build upon my own, you know, parents, community leaders, and my grandparents, you know, we gonna we gonna talk about that a little bit further. You know how our grandparents positioned us in in episode seven, positioned us when we didn't even know they positioned us. Right, they didn't even know they positioned. They didn't even know they positioned. They were just doing again. They they, they were living. They they were living and they mastered the value. Am I gonna be a producer or am I gonna be a consumer? And and it's funny because you every time I say that I think about that quote where you see and it's not a quote I think it's a quote it's a t-shirt it's on some shoes it's on a hat but it says we are uh, we are the seeds of uh, the ancestors that you couldn't kill or something like that mm-hmm. that is so one hundred no doubt because we see all of that hard work manifesting even if we didn't know what that struggle looked like we feel it when we're in those moments it's in our DNA. It's in our DNA. Shout out to Kendrick Lamar. 